I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> recording? <laughs> yeah, we're recording. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Um, we are, I can't even remember what number one, we're on such a, such a streak here. Maybe uh, ten? I don't Nine think or ten. Yeah, we, we should probably. It's got to be nearly. We should have a tenth anniversary special, shouldn't we? Yeah. Um, I don't know where we're at, but it's a good it's a good time to be involved with the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. I'm pulling up my uh, my my iTunes app here because, of course, the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast is available on iTunes and all good podcast places. And I can confirm we are on episode nine. Nine. So this okay. is this is the ninth episode of this wonderful podcast. So um, we have got. Oh, I'm not really much to talk about. Have we? Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, wait, we've got First loads all, to talk about. Well, we have lists and like, lists on our We've always you know, got loads on our notes. to talk about. Yeah, we've got loads to talk about, but this is probably our least, pre- not prepared, but because le- we're never prepared, but least uh, least topic-based. Hey, so. uh, I want to say it's a happy new year. Did you have a nice new year? I had a lovely new year, thank you. Good. Now, what I want to say is I spent a great portion of uh, my new years watching Black Mirror. Oh, Nice. That's <laughs> Have good. you seen it yet, Andy? No, I haven't seen it yet. No. <laughs> so, what I will say, and I, I hate to break it to you, because I was, I was watching the episode, so I, I guessed it was called Black Museum, and coincidentally, it's the uh, it's the season finale of of this right. season of Black Mirror, and it ties everything together. It's a, and I hate to say it, it's actually a superb piece of television. Yes, it's I've uh, seen. I've I've seen obviously lots of reviews and tweets and social medias about it. That specific episode as well. Okay, and because I knew, and anyone who listened to the A Squared Circle Wrestling podcast would have got a spoiler last week. Um, so that should have guaranteed us a, a few new ears if you'd grasped us up to the the channel. Well, yeah, I never considered I that. You could have got in a lot of trouble, couldn't you? I, I did try to Maybe. warn you. I did say to you, is there a confidentiality uh, stipulation here? And well, you were like, no. Well, nope. they, they ruined that the moment they, they breached they, their contract. When they so. sacked you, yeah. So uh, I I couldn't get where your character would come. And I was quite hopeful for you that they'd just axed that role. Yes. Because I assumed it would be a museum full of people and you would have been one of those people. But you were actually one of the characters which would have been a part of, um, I guess, a flashback, for lack of a better term, from museum and one of the exhibits. And I also would say that no one would have been better qualified to play that role (laughs) than you as well. Can I? You probably didn't notice... But one thing I was really hopeful uh, when I was initially cast in the role, purely for fun, like I don't take this thing too seriously, was would I have been credited? No. Oh, really? So Did I you check? watched out because I was looking for fascist man in the credits. Okay. And that name wasn't there because I was going to call out that person. I was going to hunt him down on Twitter. Yes. And I was going to call him out for, for stealing a boy. Oh, you'd have had my back. That's so, nice. Um, but yeah, unfortunately... Well, no. Well, fortunately, I guess he wasn't credited, but he might be on IMDb. So we'll look him up. We'll, yeah. we'll have a look. Um, so the saga will continue. But an absolutely magnificent piece of television. Okay, so I will get round to watching it. I'm trying to think what I watched. Uh, do you know what I'm watching? Um, Mook Mafia. No. No, BBC. It's really good. Like, really, it's about the Russian mafia living in London, and they go to Israel, and it's getting pretty dark. Uh, but it's very entertaining. Um, yeah. So well, we can't discuss that because I've not seen <laughs> it. Because you've not so seen it, so end of. 
But yeah. I recommend that to everyone who might be listening. After me putting EastEnders over strong, by the way, it's gone downhill a lot since uh, the Christmas the Christmas Day episode was something, and then from that point on, it's uh, did they survive the two girls? Um, one's brain dead. Oh and Max no. is hoping that she survives, and the others survive. Then the baby survived. Okay. Um, that she was carrying in her stomach. Oh, um, right. And the other one survived, and she's struggling to learn how to walk, and she's just learnt the fate of her sister. Um, but like, it was just oh, I don't know. Like, there was this robbery, and uh, let's not get into EastEnders. It, it upset me because I, I thought it was on a a bit of a roll. Okay. And I put it over strong, didn't I? Mm. So is our friend Lisa Gifford still writing? I don't know. No. Okay. Yeah, if her if her writing's anything like her ring announcing, she may well have been responsible for yesterday's episode. It oh, was rubbish. What a mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's so horrible, isn't it? But okay, kind of fair. So we're uh, so as we record this, and it's January the third, and uh, this ties in nicely to um, you know involving your well tie this taking this back to wrestling uh tomorrow is of course an absolutely huge mungus wrestling show in japan i was hoping we were just going to become tv critics sir. Eh? just critique the new year and christmas television yeah or maybe we could do like a new version of telly addicts oh we could that could be like a spin-off podcast couldn't it yeah yeah get some guests on do some quizzes i can see the uh the money signs now i can't remember much about telly addicts part of noel edmonds noel edmonds yeah noel edmonds that's all you needed to know yeah well maybe yeah was it a quiz i can't I I don't, I it was a quiz it. it was a quiz yeah. yeah but maybe we could be more of a uh you know like the film review with jonathan ross mm-hmm. or barry norman yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be good wouldn't it yeah anyway but we're wrestling addicts we're <laughs> wrestling ad- that should have been the title of the podcast. We'll change it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> um, right. So wrestling. Yes, the uh, the biggest event of the the non WWE year is is upon us. So right now in Japan, it is January fourth in Japan right now. The early hours of the morning, I'd imagine. Yes, uh, um, half past two actually. Oh, is it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and uh, and it's time for Wrestle Kingdom. And, uh, of course, for those of you who don't know, it's essentially New Japan Pro Wrestling's WrestleMania. Um, a huge show this year. Um, and it's generating a lot of eyeballs, isn't it? It's uh, also New Japan Pro Wrestling's um, Summer Sizzler, maybe? or Upri- uprising. 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 New Japan Pro Wrestling's Uprising, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, we might as well talk, um, or I'd like to talk, and I'm sure you'd like to talk about, um, while everyone's got their rivals on New Japan uh tomorrow specifically let's talk about revolution pro wrestling's relationship with new japan okay well that'd be that'd be all right because then we could put that in the search title and then some people who are searching for new japan pro wrestling wrestle kingdom might stumble upon this podcast and uh yeah because i don't think anyone wants to sit here listen to us like break down the card or you know because i wouldn't really have i don't know i wouldn't yeah exactly i wouldn't really know well, well i know the cards well no i'm sure I'm you do know the like card but i wouldn't i wouldn't really know <laughs> it would expose you for I'd the struggle you are wouldn't i'd it? struggle yeah, yeah so um yeah so so why don't we start at the beginning um if we touched upon this how how the ball got rolling and also let's discuss how another wrestling promoter um based in, based in the west country <laughs> also uh, had a relationship with new japan for about 5 minutes Okay. Yeah. So um, I had wanted to use New Japan. Like, I always wanted to use uh, new talent and, uh, like, not new, interesting talent, which hasn't been in the UK before. Um, and, of course, with IPW, I've been renowned for using a number of guys. Uh, we, we worked closely with uh, Mark Sloan from A Merchandise, your trainer. What did you plug in for? 
You plug Mark, but what are you plugging A merchandise for? Well, he's a trainer of Andy Boy Simmons from Rockiestoys.com. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Um, and he, of course, ran the Noah shows and the Dragon Gate shows. And alongside them, we were able to use a lot of Dragon Gate talents, a lot of pro wrestling Noah talents. And, of course, we've always had a, uh, uh, we've always had a finger on the pulse in terms of independent wrestling talents. Um, and, I think, and I would argue um, that we were one of the first promoters to bring... Uh, and, and, again, first of all, I give FWA credit for being of the mould of bringing over, like almost unknown indie talents who are only going to be known to the hardcore fan. Um, but I would give myself uh, credit in terms of bringing, uh, should we say, independent talents over and using them consistently and well um, in storylines and welcoming them, welcoming, them, welcoming them as part of the, the actual core roster. Um, yeah, because obviously FWA, as people who know FWA, they used to fly AJ Styles in. Um, you know, once every six months, they'd fly low-key in once every I'd two say, years. I'd say AJ is probably the best example of them using someone regularly, but even then it was kind of semi-regular. But the consistency of shows wasn't there either. Absolutely, and on top of that, I'd say um, they, they did attempt to do it, I'd say, with Christopher Daniels when he won the FWA British Heavyweight Championship in Wolverhampton, actually, in the Wolverhampton Assembly Halls. That's it, but then they then couldn't lock they him down. They didn't get him back for a return date. Um, so that's a, that's a good example of uh, FWA for you. But um, and I remember, uh, do you remember Mario, who used to promote Mario. the show? <laughs> yeah, Mario, yeah, Mario, yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, he was actually the promoter of the Wolverhampton shows. I wonder where he is now. MMA, um, I, he, he, he started. The, he got in MMA early, Yes, because he got in MMA when at the, at the end of... Uh, the FWA shows, so he got in that early. So I hope he's still doing it and making a good living for himself. Yes. Um, but he he was like, Andy, they've made me they've made me pay loads of extra money for some American, like because he's, he's yeah, obviously he was, like, he was like obviously like a a regionable a regional promoter and someone who could have been a great asset for them. Um, he wanted it to be profitable. He wanted it to be profitable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I guess it was. They were just like, oh, you need to foot up this bill for, for this guy. And, uh, yeah, and it wound up obviously not being profitable for him. And that's why he stopped running shows. And it's a, it's a, it's a shame because he was a, he was a good bloke, I thought, at the time. He was, he was, um, he was always polite enough, nice enough, yeah. Um, do you want to hear a funny story about his son, Ben? Do you remember Ben, his yeah, son? He I do, yeah. I remember when he got clocked over the head with, with, a, the, with the with chair. chair. And yeah. I, 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 do you know what? It's just kind of occurred to me like 15 years later that maybe that was a bit of a... You know that you know Ben was in on it as a kid, um, but I'm not sure. Oh, but he got s- he like got. He, I remember this yeah, lump, big lump, a yeah, l- and he huge got lump. It's like he had another head on <laughs> his yeah. head. Like it was that enormous. Was, that was another credit to Mark Sloan, wasn't Mark it? Sloan versus <laughs> Scott Parker, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and he got the he got the kid to hold him. That's right. He moved out the way. Donk. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was also the show with Dirty Sanchez was at FWA as well. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 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 Anyway, were you at that show? I was at the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where? Where? Oh, where Leisure Centre. Cool, there's a hell of a story to tell about <laughs> how the boys got paid that night, but maybe that's for my book. <laughs> I think that was, a diff- that was actually a different where show. No, it was that where show. Was it that one? Oh, was it? No, oh, it maybe wasn't. not. Maybe it definitely a, wasn't. a future one. It was, a, it was the next one. Because it was a British breakout tour one. It's all rumour and innuendo anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. My wasn't there. Yeah. Um, we've all heard the stories though. Yes. Anyway... Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Tomorrow. How, how on earth did we even get get onto that? We got from the Tokyo Dome to to where to Leisure where. Center. Yes. Where? 
Um, so how did we get onto that? Uh, we were oh, so Mar- using, Mario. using imports. Uh, yes. So, yeah, Mario used Christopher Daniel, etc. Yeah, right. and we were talking so about how you got involved in New Japan. Yeah, That's what so we get into. So I, I always, my mentality was, let's bring the guys in. And FWA also had this horrible habit of, we'll bring the import in and they will work either. Go on. James Ty, Doug Williams, Johnny Storm. And one more. Well, Jody, there you probably, go. Yeah. yeah. Until Jody, obviously, yeah. did one. But mm-hmm. that was a that was a pattern of uh, who the imports would work. So none of the underneath guys were getting the chance to work these guys, which to me, that's one of the big benefits of the of using imports. Because, for example, to me, like a Doug Williams, Jody Fleisch, Johnny Storm, James Ty, they were already made, right? There would already be interest in their match, whoever they wrestled. However... Jack Xavier. Uh, Jack Xavier, yeah. If he'd worked and was defeated by a... <laughs> an <laughs> import, as they learnt when they put him on with Homicide. But like a Jack Xavier or a Scott Parker or a Guy Thunder or... I don't know, I'm just trying to rattle off some names. Paul Travell. Simmons the Butler. Simmons the Butler, yeah. Um, if these guys worked uh, worked the imports, there's already interest in those... The, 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 the top guys. So why not add interest in, the, in another match as well and... And those guys can then, le- the more people you work, the more you learn. And it doesn't matter. A lot of people say, you know, like, oh, some of these imports, they aren't fit to lace our boots. Anyone who, there's a lot of people who are like that, I know. Um, and a lot of people don't understand why imports are brought in when some of the imports aren't as good as a lot of the British guys. Um, but obviously, they add something different to the cards. And my mentality is always, like, I say to trainees all the time, you should try and train in as many places as possible and you should try and whilst keeping a home base obviously not like being like oh i'm gonna learn you know i'm gonna spend six weeks here six weeks there six weeks there because then i think you don't get the benefit of you're just learning relearning over and over again but i think there's a great benefit to going to seminars with different people and wrestling other people because you learn their styles and you can always learn something from them and even if it's learning what not to do um so, and whereas like your top guys, they've, they've worked all those guys. So give the, they give the experience to the other guys. Anyway, enough of the tangent. So, um, I, uh, so it was actually Mark Sloan who suggested, when I started running York Hall, Mark Sloan suggested, why don't you try Drishin Liger? So um, he was someone who Mark had tried to get over and not been able to get over. A guy called Dave Sharp from 4FW, he'd tried to get him over in the past and not been successful. A few other promoters for, uh, over the years had tried to get him and it not been successful. So it had been uh, 25 years since Liger had been in the UK. And when he was in the UK originally? Fuji Yamada, I believe. That's correct. Oh, okay, thank God. Well yes. done. <laughs> I was just testing you. Test. So that's correct. And... Um, and he was actually trained under um, Mark Rollerball Rocco. He stayed at Rollerball Rocco's house when he was uh, staying in England. And Rollerball Rocco was in Japan. Black Tiger. You're on fire today, aren't you? I know more than I know. You're proving yeah. you're a wrestling historian. That was was that what we settled on the other week? Yeah, I think it was historian. wrestling historian. <laughs> <laughs> you're proving it here. Um, so we wound up. Uh, so Mark said he. Had Message his contacts, and nothing happened for ages. So then I was working a lot with Prince Devitt at the time, who was actually the cruiserweight champion at the time, um, who you may now, now know as... The Demon King, <laughs> Finn Balor. And this is it, Andy. He's winning at this <laughs> trivia. It's like an episode of a chase, but wrestling-related. Um, 
And uh, so I reached out to him, and of course he made the connection for me. And um, and I owe him a lot for that. I really do, because he didn't have to, but he wanted to see New Japan Pro Wrestling grow in the United Kingdom, and and he wanted to help us out as a promotion. Which uh, really, this was obviously after we'd turned to Revolution Pro Wrestling, we'd turned. Um, so this was the the, sh the first show we used him on was June, but it was around this time of year actually that we were we were organising it. Um, and I remember this was the first time it was it was specifically around this time of year because they have a big meeting before the Tokyo Dome, um, and it was after the Tokyo Dome show, um, and it was the early hours of the morning. I got a call from Tiger Hattori, who's who you may well have heard of. You had an interesting piece of trivia on Tiger Hattori this week, didn't you, Andy? I did. Yeah, I was reading a. Uh a thread on reddit.com and this man had summarized all the wrestling observers and for those of you who will remember Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna in this wrestling observer the original plan was for Tiger Hattori to be the evil referee in Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna at King of the Ring 93 which I said if we'd known that now we'd have got selfies galore well, I certainly would have done it. Well, do you mean if, if he'd actually done it? No, if or he'd actually done it, yeah. yeah. If he was the evil referee and uh, allowed that evil photographer to shoot that flame into Hulk Hogan's <laughs> face, which I've never gotten over, um, yeah, uh, that would have been very, you very get exciting. Over it. I, d I think Hulk Hogan deserved everything he got um, the second he jumped in and uh, took Bret Hart's place. No, he did the right thing. That WrestleMania 9, I ended that WrestleMania 9 on a high. I was devastated. I, bet I was were. legitimately devastated. And I just wanted Hogan to be a tag team champion with Bruce Beefcake. <laughs> I really did. No, anyway, than that. deviating again. Um, so, Tiger Tori calls me up in the middle of the night and we organise a deal for Liger. And what's really funny about um, the, the, the calls of New Japan, so I think it's kind of got better, but part of me thinks it might be a rib because I never know where Tiger is in the world. Now, Tiger... For anyone who doesn't know, he's a 70-plus-year-old man, and you see him referee the New Japan shows. He moves around like a 30-year-old. moves around better than me. <laughs> um, but what's also remarkable about Tiger Hattori is the way he gets himself around the world. So, like, he, one minute he'll be in Japan. He, he's, he works full-time for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he also runs the, the American office for New Japan. So he lives in New York, but then he'll be in Mexico, and then he'll come to England just literally all over the place and I can't you know I tip my hat to him because he's you know he's put the miles in and he's still putting the miles in um, but you never know where Tiger is so when you're when you're negotiating stuff he's a, he's, a, he's the uh, the go-to guy and when you're negotiating the stuff and he also organizes the uh, the foreigners so like when a Marty Skrull or Will Ospreay or Zack Sabre comes out it's always through Tiger um, but you never know where he is in the world but he knows I'm always in England Yet somehow, someway manages to call me in the middle of the night every single time. And like he'll always be like, oh, I didn't wake you, did I? And I'll be like, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> and like I'm creeping downstairs. <laughs> Haley's getting fuming with me. But I'm like, I need to talk about it. I need to get this. Try not to now. wake the dog. Yeah. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'll be pacing backwards and forwards downstairs. <laughs> and then like what will happen is once I have that conversation, I'm normally so excited. I can't get back to sleep then. So, um so yeah, that's uh, that's how a lot of the communication happens in the middle of the night, um, because obviously the huge time difference between Japan and uh, and England, um, as you stated at the start of the start of the ep. So uh, so yeah, the first guy in was Jushin Liger, um, and we made that special because we had Rollerball Rocco. We mentioned earlier that obviously it was Rollerball Rocco who who kind of housed Liger and took him under his wing, um, and even when Rocco went to Japan. Um, 
for Japan, for Japanese tours, um, Liger stayed in England, and he'd stay with with Liger's wife, and uh, and sorry, with Rocco's wife, with his young family, and um, and he'd be treated like a son, and uh, so it, it was just kind of really nice to bring it all together, um, and and that's kind of how the relationship started, and it kind of grew from there. Now you mentioned there was another wrestling promoter who. Uh, who also had a relationship with New Japan. So at the time, I guess it was almost like there was a uh, there was no kind of exclusivity on the New Japan talent, should we say? So the first guy who came over for me was Jushin Liger. The second guy who came over for me was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, I think people saw the success of those shows and then decided that they wanted to also try and bring the guys in. Um, like I say, for years, New Japan was kind of uh, shut and closed to sending guys out elsewhere. I mean, you saw Pro Wrestling Noah obviously sending guys out to England, America, Dragon Gate doing the same thing. But New Japan never did that. They kind of kept it um, really closed, aside from a tour they did in Italy, which they organized themselves. Um, and they were obviously trying to latch on to that, um, the NWE wave. <laughs> But NWE had long screwed that up for everyone in Italy, so that tour wasn't very successful. Um, so, yeah, there was a promoter called Matt Jarrett from uh, Gloucester. Yes. And, and just saying that name, I'm probably going to have like a... Oh, we're going to get a barrage <laughs> of phone calls, aren't <laughs> yeah. we? Yeah. Um, so, he, so I, I might be wrong here, but he got some money from the Prince's Trust, right? Yes. Yeah, so about 10 years ago, Matt started running some shows. And I'd known Matt probably a couple of years before then. Hey, he used to run the Negro Wrestling Association or Alliance or something. Did, Did he? Yeah. No, I, d I wasn't Black aware of that. Black only. Now he's a... Uh, Papa T was a big star. Oh, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, I'd know, so Matt's been around wrestling uh, you know, on, on, on the British circuit for probably longer than I have. Probably a few years, three or four years longer than I have. And uh, I'd wrestled for him at the Prince's Trust, and uh, on, on the shows he ran um, through a grant he got through the Prince's Trust, I believe, um, was always quite nice. Like, I'd wrestled him a few times with John Fremantle, who runs Premier Promotions. There was no, um, despite the stories I'd heard about him, there was no sort of real sign of his instability um, until uh, I wrestled a show for him in 2009. And um, a lot of people listening to this, especially now, is far more common than it used to be. Um, you know, you'd go out in the interval, in the intermission, and, you know, try and flog a few autograph pictures. You know, it was, you, you'd always ask permission, but, um, you, know, it's, you know, some of the wrestlers did it, some of them didn't. So uh, I wrestled this show for Matt uh, in 2009, and... Um, it was fine. I asked permission. He said, yeah, absolutely, Andy, no worries. I went out and did it at the intermission. And I remember I was on a cruise ship about two weeks later. There's a funny story about that cruise ship as well, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I was on this cruise ship, and I get a text from Matt. Um, I could just tell from the tone of it it was aggressive. And, you know, who the, who the hell gave you permission to sell pictures at my show? Nobody does that on my shows. So I just thought, well, I could just ignore it while I'm on holiday but I thought no I'm gonna squash it now so I text him back and uh and he said and I just said no mate you gave me permission you know I can't see why it's a big deal uh especially two weeks later there's nothing I can do about it now is there um and uh was polite in my response to which I get like a another barrage of of uh of abuse and then and then that, I just left it after that and I think about a month later I was sat in my lounge I just moved to Portsmouth for the first time, I sat in my lounge and I get a phone call from this Matt Jarrett calling me all the names under the sun, all because he says I hadn't asked permission to sell pictures. 
Um, so that's just gives you half an idea of the person we're dealing with. Um, you know, and and in the end, I said, Matt, I'm not going to drive to Gloucester to come fight you, but if you want to, <laughs> but if you want to come to Portsmouth, be my guest. So uh, and then that was that was kind of the end of it. And then we we've, we've conversed a few times since, but uh, that's the type of guy we're dealing with. Um, a little bit unstable, probably the best word to put it. So. Uh so Matt, he got some money from the Prince's Trust and, and he decided for whatever reason he wanted to bring some guys over from New Japan as well. Um, so he ran these shows called Super Clash. And like I say at the time, it was almost like they'd had a good experience with myself. Um, so they were very much open to working with, with other promoters. Um, now, his first one went off, and I'm sure he lost a ton of money. His first one went off without hitch. Would I be right in saying the first he used? Did uh, he do many? I, I think I, I, I did don't he know do two or was it just one? He did two. Yeah. Okay. And the, the first one, uh, the first one went relatively without hitch. The second one went went off again relatively without hitch. I believe he'd used Tanahashi, and it's really funny because you've seen like Tanahashi driving around with Phil Powers, <laughs> and they're yeah. just like, um, that's two worlds, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, he used Jushin Liger. Um, Harry Smith. Harry Smith. And then for the second one, I think he had Kojima on it. Um, maybe that was it. Um, I know there was a rumor that he was supposed to be using Tiger Mask and then didn't have money to pay him. He used AJ Styles as well. AJ didn't like him. But, um, yeah, he used him as well. So, like, he... Uh, he used these guys. But, they're, they're, you know, to put this into kind of context, what we're getting at, there's a lot riding on it. Um, so it, to, to go back um, a few years when uh, 1PW were bringing over talent from all Japan, that fell through, then Len Davies saved the deal purely because he didn't want the reputation of England was a bad place to do business with. So with Matt, you didn't want Matt upsetting all the new Japan wrestlers and talent going back saying, oh, these promoters in England, yeah, um, you know, we don't want to do business with them. They treated us badly. And whether Matt did or he didn't, I don't but know. Well, to but to his credit, he treated everyone really well. Um, when they were there, he treated them all with respect. They all had really nice hotels. They were all looked after. So there wasn't really any, any issue. And because they were all looked after so well, um, it came to a later date when um, I'd continued using my, uh, my guys, my mentality, my mentality about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And bearing in mind, the world was a different place. And I know it seems crazy to think it was only 2013 when this first one was. Um, but the world was a different place then. And not as many people knew about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and I'd like to think we've, we've played a part in, in educating the UK wrestling public as to who the New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers are. Um, and, and of course, with the world becoming so much more local and everything becoming so much more accessible, there was no New Japan world in those days. Um, you literally had to try and get hold of stuff on YouTube and whatever you could get, tape traders, etc. Um, and um, my plan was always to bring in maybe one or two guys a show for, for the big shows, but treat them like they were big, big guys, you know. But bearing in mind, like on these shows, so on this first show, there was Hiromo Takahashi who went on to become, and they, who went, who obviously. He then, he stayed, like, he's, he's become a huge star as Hiromo Takahashi, but he's gone on to be, like, a member of Los Ingobernables de Japón. He's uh, been the junior heavyweight champion, um, and he's one of the best performers in the business. But his first, his first match outside of New Japan, because they start off as Young Lions, his first match was with us uh, at York Hall, wrestling Doug Williams, coincidentally. Um, so, um, you know, there's, 
no one knew who he was then. Um, when we brought over Tanahashi, I'd argue, despite the fact that a lot of people knew who he was, I'd argue that we educated more people who he was than knew who he was. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, totally. Well, there was the comment made, wasn't it, by by one of your associates that a Japanese wrestler no one's ever heard of. Yeah, there was actually. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so, you know, and and that was at, at the time, and we we kind of educated people as to who he was, um, and. Uh, you know, and then we brought over Okada, um, Nakamura. They were the kind of a list of guys, you know. And I got them in the order that I, I really wanted them um, in terms of who I thought would be most uh, most marketable to a UK audience and the people that we could educate them to first. And, and that really is saying something, because like, like now people know the new, who the New Japan roster is. Well, the majority of people do anyway. Um, but at the time, they really didn't. So... Um, that was what I really wanted to do, and I wanted to bring them all over until I got all the key players over, and then I wanted to think about bringing a number of guys over for one big show, um, which in essence would become what we now know as Global Wars UK. Um, however, Matt Jarrett beat me to the punch, and I had a show, um, which was uh, it was Uprising. Um, so it must have been three, would it be three years ago? For 2014, maybe? 2014? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2014. No, 2015, I want to say. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, 2015, for okay. sure. So I had a show, t- t- Uprising 2015. I called Tiger to get my uh, my normal guys, you know, one or two guys for Uprising 2015. Tiger's like, oh, this is all by coincidence. He was like, oh, you know, Matt... Matt Jarrett, uh, he's bringing, I think you said, like, nine guys over that same weekend. And I'm like, what? Like, my head literally exploded. Like, number one, like, I'm pretty sure he lost his ass on the, the previous two shows, but may have had some kind of backing, financial backing on those shows, so may have got away with it. But that was only using a few guys. How on earth was he going to bring over nine guys? And I was just like, I don't want to miss out on this. So I was just like, oh, well, maybe I could use um, one or two guys for the Friday, which is a night I already had the show booked for. And maybe I can use them all on Saturday. And uh, and then obviously Matt had, then Matt had his show on the Sunday. So I was just like literally thinking on my feet to try and save it, essentially, because I also knew it had the potential to backfire spectacularly and the relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling and the United Kingdom would be no more. And it would be, uh, it would just be that. It would be that. They'd be like, we're not sending guys to England anymore. Um, and there was another, there was um, another, another couple of failed attempts at using, uh, other promoters using guys which didn't come to fruition, which had already soured them. So as far as they were concerned, only myself and Matt were the only two guys that had trust in the, in the UK. Um, so, long story short, Matt is like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to let you use the guys. And I'm like, well, Matt, I've got a relationship with them. So you must have called Matt. So, oh, so I messaged Matt and I said to him, just a heads up, I've spoken to Tiger because Tiger's told me he was going to call him that night. So I was like, I've spoken to Tiger. Um, I'm going to share some guys with you on that, that weekend. And he's like, who do you think you are to blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Matt, we can work together on this and we can both save money because rather than you paying for... Nine flights, flights we're going to split it in half, right? 
So everything, every, you know, all the costs become halved for him. So he kind of comes round to it. But then we go from one day he's round to, to the idea, the next day he hates me, the next day he's, he's back round to the idea. Um, and then a number of things happen. So, for example, um, someone... Uh, what happened? Oh, so we agree. We're not going to announce any names. We're going to feed, drip feed the names of who's going to be on the shows. So I wound up using all the guys on my, my York Hall show anyway as it, as it transpired. Um, but the, we were going drip to drip, drip feed the names to the public. Um, but then all of a sudden I see like uh, Matt's announced his full bill. Like everyone who's going to be on the card. So like, you know, and I, there were some spectacular matches which I wish happened. I can't remember any of them now. Can you remember any of them? No. But there was a. But it was like a, a real. It was like. It was a Tokyo Dome level, was it? Well, it was sold out the Tokyo <laughs> Dome. Maybe you had, you had the best wrestlers from New Japan Pro Wrestling fighting old timers, um, people with completely different. Oh, styles. I see what you're saying. Okay. And I didn't realize you were being sarcastic. And. So he was announcing these just crazy, crazy matches. Um, and uh, I, I hadn't announced a single wrestler. So that wasn't for the best in terms of the, you know, the marketing side of things. And I'm going, Matt, we need to book the flights. But I said, whatever happens, I'm booking the flights because I could see this writing on the wall. Um, so I was just like, well, I, you know, I'm booking the flights, whatever happens. And then I was like, Matt, you need to the flights are going to cost this amount of money. You know, like, are you going to have half that amount of money? No. New Japan are like, we need deposits paid on all the wrestlers. I'd paid mine. Matt hadn't paid his. Um, and eventually, Tiger came to England, um, and that's when it came out that Matt had no money to pay for anyone that he'd advertised and couldn't pay New Japan any money. So at that point, it was then down to me to to foot the cost of everything. So, obviously, I'd gone from wanting to use one or two New Japan talents to using all nine or whatever. Um, and I think that's how I wound up using them all on the Friday as well, because obviously, with his show cancelled, the guys would be around. Not the guys would be around, but do you know what I mean? They'd be... Well, they didn't want to come all this way for one, one payday. Yeah, did exactly. They, so, so, so we wound up bringing everyone in and, and making it all work out for everyone. So let's, um, uh, let's tell the listeners who... Who was on the show? Who was on the show? Uh, we had uh, Kojima and Tenzon. Uh, we had Okada, uh, Tanahashi, Gado, Liger, uh, AJ Styles. Um, the club. Gallows and Anson were on the Saturday. Um, was Nakamura? I think yet yeah, Nakamura. Um, Everyone like every like Kushida, the Uh like uh, it was a who's who. It was, yes, it was all the all the heavy hitters of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, but something that we found later is that obviously it, it was great bringing in all the big names, but obviously given their sta stature and status, it made all the results of the matches kind of predictable, shall we say? Um, so as a result, in future years, you've seen us use a you know a few headliners and a few mid card guys and a few guys who are making their debuts who perhaps you've not seen in the UK before. Um, so we ha we have a real mix of our of, 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 of you know of, of the talent roster. And yes, some people would always like to see Tanahashi, Okada, you know, the, just the big names all the time. But the reality of the situation is, 
to present compelling, exciting cards, we need to mix it up and use a variety of different guys. And that's kind of what we've done from that point forward. Um, but I mean, after that, of course, I got the barrage of abuse and phone calls from, from Matt saying, oh, I'd ruined him and it was all my fault that his shows weren't happening. Um, and I was threatened. Danny Boy Collins and Skull, Skull Murphy. Murphy. They were used as a... You, you, so, so I'm completely innocent in the whole thing. I have nothing oh yeah, to he, do with this. Yeah. And I, I swear I got more calls than you. <laughs> so, so, so he was like, you and Andy Simmons, you and your friend Andy Simmons versus... <laughs> Me, Danny Collins, <laughs> and Skull Murphy. That's three on two. Like, that's not fair. We, we might have been basically. allowed to have Marty as our third man. Oh, I don't okay. Know. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, but yeah, that'd be interesting as well, wouldn't it? Be a chicken wing versus a gator hold. Ooh. That would have been interesting. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, and I guess I would have had to go against Matt Jarrett. Yeah, and I'd have thought Danny Collins. I've heard yeah. is even as he's a little bit older, still bit, pretty, bit tasty. pretty tasty. Yeah. yeah. So. So I don't know if I'd enjoy it. The boy versus the boy. Danny boy go. versus Andy boy. Yeah. Right, it's itself. And, and the brothers against each other. Yeah. Because that's what Matt, Matt, that was another idea <laughs> from Matt. Two brothers linking up together and running that's shows right. together. That's right. So that was, another, that was another idea from him as well. Um, but like the irony of the whole situation is I was a huge Skull Murphy fan as a kid growing up. And I've told you this story before, Andy. And, uh, and I, for the first time, we'll share it with the, with the A-squared wrestling whatever <laughs> of our podcast wrestling addicts um, so uh, so I used to watch shows and I, and, and I knew who the, the wrestlers were because you'd go, you'd go I'd go to so many shows I'd know who the wrestlers were and uh, Skull Murphy was there and almost ironically I shouted out because I used to like his slow methodical style and like he I don't know how old he is, but like he's like I guess he might be like a flatliner type, where he always looks old. No, he's been around a long time. though. He has been around a long time, but like he looks now the same as he looked in year 2000 when I yeah sure you, you know yes so um, but I remember shouting out no one escapes a gator hold and do you know what happened yeah, I know but you tell everyone else he stopped stopped what he's doing turned round and looked at me a young Andy Quilden in the front row and he says to me that's right and we nodded <laughs> in acknowledgement <laughs> to one another. We had a moment. I swear we he had a moment. He might remember that. I he might so. go, Matt, why have you brought me to fight <laughs> yeah. my mate from South End? Yeah. And then like a few years later, well, uh, quite, a, quite a few years later, I managed to become a proud owner of a Skull Murphy t-shirt. Yes. And, and I was actually wearing that t-shirt on one of the times when, when, um, uh, when whatever, Matt Jarrett called me up threatening that Skull oh, Murphy was going to beat me up. <laughs> I was legitimately wearing that Did t-shirt. Did you tell him? I'm wearing no, this t-shirt. No, I didn't. No. I'd have done. But um, but yeah, he was telling me all about the lesson in respect I needed to learn and how I was laughing at him. I wasn't doing any of those things. If anything, I was very disappointed his show wasn't happening because it cost me because a lot of money. money. Yeah, so like, <laughs> no one like I mean there are some, there are some, but like the majority of people really, they don't really want other shows to fall on their backside. You know, like your no. his show in Gloucester, he wasn't going to affect mine. Three hours wasn't going to affect yours in any way whatsoever. No, so that was another one. Yeah, when I announced my show was in, in Reading, he called me up and went nuts about that. He was like, oh, I thought you were in London. I was like, well, Friday's in London. Saturday's in Reading, mate. Yeah. That's oh, too close. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, Matt, it's not going to affect each other. I was like, oh, I'll help advertise your show if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, but he wasn't having any of it. Um, but the best thing that ever happened, despite the fact that short term it cost more money, the best thing that ever happened was that show not happening because that just solidified my relationship with New Japan 
further. Um, so despite the fact it was like a short-term hit, long-term, there was a gain because obviously there was that level of trust um, and the fact that when I say we're going to do something together, we do it together and it happens, you know. Um, and, and that I've always been, I always say to everyone, you're only as good as your word. So if you give your word on something, no matter what, you stick to it. Um, and, uh, and and so far that's worked with, with New Japan. Um, so that's how, that's kind of how... The relationship started. That's how it solidified, um, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and that's and that's kind of how it became official. And obviously, you hear like everyone trying to to get New Japan talents. Um, and again, for a long while, no one no one could get use New Japan talents. Um, and then uh, eventually, they succumbed to what culture, <laughs> and uh, and that didn't go very well either. So that experience, it was another experience where it's kind of um, again strengthened my bond with New Japan. Um, to the extent that 2018 is going to be the, the most exciting year we've ever had with them. And, and that's that's a very exciting thing because obviously, um, you know, this Tokyo Dome show is the biggest, their, their biggest Tokyo show, uh, Tokyo Dome show in probably two decades. Um, so it's going to be a big, a big, big deal, you know. Um, over 30,000 tickets sold already, you know, and they the Japan has a big history of, of strong walk-ups as well. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a real exciting time for New Japan as they, they're continuing to grow. And I really hope that Revolution Pro Wrestling can be a part of that growth. And I really hope that I can be a part of that growth and help them grow in the United Kingdom. Of course, the merchandising deal with them has, uh, has helped even more. Um, and we're hoping to bring more talents, um, bigger shows. Um, so it's, it's, it is a really exciting time of year and it was worth... Um, it was worth all those threatening phone calls, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we better we should probably wrap things up now, Andy. We've got a training class to take in uh, two minutes. What's I'm sure point? there's a list out there, a long line of people ready to, <laughs> listening ready to come in, train. Listening in at the door, trying to get a spoiler, trying to get a, an early dose of... Uh, no, they're going to have to listen tonight. About? They're going to have to listen tonight, like with everybody else. So, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. really do. Yeah. And we have a plethora of topics that we'd like to talk about. Um, we thought we'd break it up from uh, why Andy hates wrestler, wrestling personality, <laughs> acting personality, but we'll maybe get back to that soon. Um, and I'm going to dig out my iPad and that uh, that copy of uh, Greg Lambert's book very soon as well, The Unholy Grail. Yeah, yeah, so we've agreed that we're, we're going to do that. And, yeah, I, and to be honest, I might come out of that looking like a complete asshole. But I look forward to that. Yeah, and I- and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But there you go, just what I've been told. So, and if you come out of it looking like a then you're definitely didn't need to use that word because well, now, we, now you out. have to bleep it. Right, I will. There you go. Anyway, can I say my gag? Go on. All right. Oh, okay. Sorry, I've ruined it. Yeah, you've yes. absolutely <laughs> ruined it. Go on, say yeah. it again. And if you come out of it looking like a we know that the Black Mirror executives made a huge mistake in not picking you for that role in Black Museum. Very Available good. on Netflix. Very okay? good. Very good. <laughs> right. Well, don't forget to check us out on Twitter. Uh, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z at Boy Simmons. Or at A Quilden. A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. And if you're going to follow one of us, you might as well follow me. Um, I'm the verified so one, remember that. So that means I'm better than you in Twitter. You might have about not. 200 more followers than me, but... There you go. Follow okay. us both. Why couldn't you have just said that? Like, I'm going to sit there and preach niceness. I wouldn't have said that <laughs> about you, would I? Like, just follow us both. All right, follow us both. Cool. All right, thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Laters.